Breaking the Panel is made possible by you and other listeners bowing down to their overlords like you are. You are ordered to support the show by going to patreon.com slash breaking the panel. Hail Hydra. We started as a branch growing from an evil tree. The greatest minds you'll ever find. We are defining history. We practice super science on the fools who would defy us. Do not try us. We are righteous. We are gods among the pious. Till a super soldier walked onto the battlefield. Yes, he bested us while dressing up in star stripes and shields. Seeds weave deceit and treachery We stayed alive and out of sight While deep inside our enemy You might have thought you were safe We forgot one little fact That when you cut off one head, baby You grow back days the comic book owns pop culture you'll find it all in the panel of your favorite comic book us we're living the comics life we're breaking the panel and welcome to breaking the panel your weekly source for all the awesomeness that is comic books and we're coming back into the awesome season man the movies are kicking off everything's coming through it's going to be a great 2017 i'm the rock god of podcasting charles mcfall over to my right is the wonderful and amazing co-founder of the Giant Size Team Up Network and the, one of the driving forces behind the show, Paul Klotz. Oh, thank you. I like it when you talk about me, Charles. It's, it's I very, know. I know. very sweet of you. So we got some great news on the table, Paul. So let's get to the stories. Okay. Uh, <laughs> there's Chris sulking in the corner because I, I, I will talk about what I failed to do this week. But Chris Wisdom, who was also... The uh, the uh, not even an also ram. The foot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an I mean, honestly, claw. Honestly, the only reason you're here is because Phil can't make it at six. That's, <laughs> that's... <laughs> <laughs> no, no. You know, I mean, that's that's gonna be fuel for Chris to sit in the shower later and just weep for about five minutes. <laughs> I know, I know, and and I I will. Okay, so let's tell everybody. I'll tell everybody, including you guys, what happened because uh, I. I did warn Chris. I, I apologize, actually, is what I did. So here's the thing. Uh, I, I get to work with a great guy named Brian Dunaway who runs a podcasting track on DragonCon, and I'm helping build some of that and work with him and, and give some advice. I'm loving it, right? And we're we're doing this big thing the other day through chat. I mean, basically, it's kind of like Giant Size Team Up with Klotz and I and Wisdom. When we get a moment to work, we do like eight hours of work, and then for three weeks, we don't do crap. You know, because we, the, the schedules don't link up. So that's how it was working. And towards the end of that day, for whatever reason, uh, Dunway puts in the chat. He's like, hey, we got any Marvel nerds in here? I'm like, yeah? What do you want to know? Because <laughs> I'm like, I run GSTU, but okay, sure, yes. And he goes, uh, he said something about Thor. Uh, and I started going off on, uh, in a good way, started going off on Ragnarok. And, and uh, oh, no, that's what he said. He said, uh is the Hulk and Thor Ragnarok an alternate universe Hulk or what? Go. Like a discussion. And I'm like, there's no discussion. It's this. I mean, I typed a nice little paragraph on what it was and why I loved it. And he goes, hey, you want to be on Comics Coast to Coast this week? 
I'm like, sure, that'd be awesome. So I got to go on. I, I had a limited amount of time that particular night. I had to go do a gig or something. Uh, no, I was starting Pokemon Go. That's right. I had Pokemon Go. So I could only do a limited uh, amount of time on the show on the comics coast to coast. Hey. Right, get in. <sighs> Shut up, Clutch. This is interesting. That's a good part. So, so uh, he introduces me, and I'm like, oh, my God. As soon as Clots and Wisdom hear this, I'm not going to hear the end of it. Because, hey, we've got a Marvel Cinematic Universe expert on the show with us today to talk about Thor Ragnarok. Charles McFall's like, oh, crap, man. Oh, oh sorry. Uh, <laughs> wow. My heart just stopped. Oh, uh, so what you're saying and did you fix it did you recover did you just go with it oh no i ran with it dude that's oh, so, see that's a part of the legend you go with what people say about you you never correct them down great so not, what's so not, wrong with you not not only did you slight me but apparently well, matt, i haven't gotten sliding you yet matt and jeff right off the bat <laughs> matt and jeff right off the bat you can be like eh, if you well, want to find some more marvel expertise more mcu expertise well, yeah see i one i didn't get that opportunity but two I don't know, Matt and Jeff. You don't listen to my show here, and you know you put out a podcast like once a year or something. So I don't know about running that, but uh, so okay. So you introduced me that way. I did think about the MCU cast, but uh, I mean, what are you going to do, right? You don't you don't downgrade something like that. And I, you listen to the show. I spoke education. It, it was the one, the one thing I am an expert on in the MCU, which is Planet Hulk. I know Planet Hulk backwards and forwards, man. And I, I was able to speak educationally on that. But when he said <laughs> where to find you, I said, uh, you know, Giant Size Team Up Network. I founded that with Paul Klotz and Brian Ibbett. And I do uh, catch me every week on Breaking the Panel with myself and Paul Klotz. And as soon as he went on, I'm like, crap. I should, why didn't I mention Chris with? Because <laughs> I'm just the help. I'm just the help. <laughs> I felt really, really bad. Maybe it's because uh, you, you slam me all the time and it's giving me brain damage. I don't know. But uh, I do apologize, Chris. You were, no, you were no, major no it's, it's not worth mentioning, obviously. <laughs> well, you know what? If you get your feelings hurt, just take the rest of the month off after the next panel and we'll be all right. We'll make it uh, even. Yes. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah yes. Please, please feel free to take off all that time that you have already informed us that you will be taking off. <laughs> And that's to give a heads up to the audience as well. Chris will be back. He, he's going to be next week. We're doing the Guardians of the Galaxy panel, and that's going to be amazing. And then he will be gone uh, for his work for about six weeks. And we're going to have people like Tony P. Henderson, Casey Straws. Uh, I won't call him Phil Yamamoto because I just want to. I don't know. You know, why. people with talent. Yeah, <laughs> but there, there, and Travis Jones of the Blazing Defender will be trying to fill that seat. Uh, while Chris is gone, but he will I mean, return. Who are we kidding? He's going to fill two seats. Have you seen that guy? He's huge. And did you see that he's trying to do a male yoga pants thing? Yeah. No. <laughs> I, yeah. And that's just because he's such a huge fan of elephant trunks. And <laughs> right, it's just like, an excuse to see as many as possible. And- I didn't even know what to say to him. I was like, um, "See, you're the kind of guy that could pull that off, and the ladies would just go nuts over it because they oh. see your nuts." Oh I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure those roids have got I kid Travis I'm not saying that there's any anabolic anything going on <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes go check out comics coast to coast with Brian Dunaway and crew it was it was a fun time I got to do 
the Thor Ragnarok and that had to take off. And then they talked about Guardians of the Galaxy with another friend of mine, Hammond. Um, and Hammond is great. And he's also working on Dragon Con panel with us. And then uh, earlier in the week, I was on, and the reason I'm going to mention this because it's a great, fun thing to do. I was on Geek.io. And it was my second appearance over on Geek.io. Actually, third, technically, because I drunkenly stumbled onto their show at Dragon Con last year. Because uh, it was right after the panel where I got blitzed. And they just kept throwing candy to me and asking me to shout out from the audience what I thought of it. So I finally just stumbled my drunk butt back up there and sat on their panel. I took over, as I do. But uh, they, they loved it, CJ and Rachel and the crew, Jazz and, and uh, uh, Steven, I think it is. And uh, they, they, they're a bunch of cool people. And they did the SmackDown, which is, and I know other podcasts do it. They have their own little spin on it, but it was a lot of fun where I got to get 100 fake dollars to start with at the beginning of the night. And you buy movies. You start bidding at a dollar or whatever, and you buy movies. And you've, the link's in the show notes. It is geekio.net. Let me make sure I get it right. Geek-io.net forward slash SmackDown. And you can see my stuff there. And the first two weeks of the box office is what they count. Then they divide it by your purchase price. And that's how many earnings you have. And at the end of the run, which will be at Dragon Con this year, at the end of the run, the winner gets crowned the winner. And uh, let me just go down the movies I bought and see what you guys think of it. Uh in order, I tried, I tried to get Guardians of the Galaxy 2, because obviously that's going to be gangbusters, right? And it's about to hit. It's the first one of the season. You know it's going to make a billion dollars. Uh, it won't make it in two weeks. I mean, that's why they cap it at two weeks. But it's going to make a lot of money in two weeks. But I got outbid at $35, which is over a third of the money that we had. Uh, it was, it's, that was a big price. So I got snatched with Amy Schumer. <laughs> I, I, kind of th- I, I think it'll make some money. But I thought Klotz would have some diatribe on on how stupid Amy Schumer is or something. Um. Okay. <laughs> okay. Never mind it. You you said the punchline. Well, and, I, and it was about as funny as any of hers. <laughs> I like some of her movies. I don't really care for her stand up. I I, I love her stand up. It's a, it's a flavor. That's for sure. I liked her on last comic standing. How, I watched the crap. Charles, how can you not like her stand up? It's it's all tried and true, you know, content from other people's stand up. <laughs> like, it, it, I mean, that's I don't that's know. It's all been thoroughly vetted, Charles. Like, I don't. Just, just we're moving on. We're moving on. We're ignoring. Uh, no. It. Oh no. Oh no. 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 <laughs> you brought it up. No. I, I mean, whatever. I, I mean. So I, I don't think she's particularly funny, and she steals all of her stuff from other people. Moving on. I I think I'll make, as of my first film, I think I'll make some money on that. Uh, Then I got Alien Covenant. I was able to snatch that one. No pun intended. Uh, Let's see. I got, I I don't remember getting that. Okay, I got Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales. I I got that one. I was unable to get Wonder Woman. I was seriously outbid on that. Let's see. Oh, okay, so... I'll get to this one that's highlighted in a minute. They got it put in for me. Despicable Me. See, I planned ahead. I looked at the whole list. I'm like, at the end of the session, which is towards August, you know, July and August, there's some major movies coming out, and I know they're going to make bank. So I just saved my money. And I got Despicable Me 3. I got Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, and that, Okay, those were the last major ones. So, so that's a pretty good lineup right now. I mean, Snatch being whatever. It'll make me some money, but I got Alien Covenant, Pirates of the Caribbean, 
Despicable Me Three and Spider Man Homecoming. So those are, I think, all so wait, good blockbusters. Wait, mm-hmm. each movie can only be bid on or gotten by like one person. Yep. Mm-hmm. Dude, it's like fantasy gonna, football. It's you're, kinda, gonna, yeah, it's you're gonna crush it. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I, that yeah, Amy Schumer so. movie's not gonna make you any money, but everything <laughs> else is gonna like just rake it in. Well, you've got you. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And you've got some good ones: War of the Planet of the Apes. Uh, I wanted the Hitman's Bodyguard as my last, just because it's, it's Ryan Reynolds. It looks hilarious. Uh, but I was outbid on yeah, that. I think that one's if that one's as good as the previews make it look. Yeah, it's going to be a breakout word of mouth film. I think exactly. That's well, why I want you. You yeah. got baby. You got Baby Driver, and I think the same oh. thing about that movie. That see, okay. So here's the kicker. This is why it's highlighted. So if you have money left over at the end of the auction. Right, and I had eight dollars, and that's why I got out big because I was hoping to get the runaway hit at the end uh, for eight dollars. But you can get what's called a, a um, wild card, and that's basically any movie that wasn't on the list that something I hadn't gotten already. You can go and find it and tell them this won't, but you have to spend all your money on it. So I, the entire eight dollars I had left over went to it, and as I'm scrolling through the movies coming out, I was like, "Oh yeah, Baby Driver, that's going to be a breakout hit." I actually saw the first preview today, but I knew Kevin Spacey. Jamie Foxx, uh, John Bernthal, John Hamm. These these are going to bring people to the theater that don't want to see Transformers last night, that don't want to see Despicable Me 3 or any of the comic book movies. You know, they're going to, they're like, ah, I just want a regular movie. They're going to go see that. And I think that's going to be, so that was my wild card. So I did get that as well. I think I'm going to kill this thing. So that was a lot of fun. And Phil. Phil uh, rode along shotgun with me. He's watching it live as we were broadcasting. So he's, he's helping me kind of vet the movies and like, yeah, go get this one. So if we can review the last 15 minutes or so, um, you're <laughs> fully capable of listing off every show you've appeared on recently and everybody who was on those shows with you, even people who were just, as you say, riding shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you can't remember Chris when you talk about your home show. Mm-hmm. I approve, man. Like this is like <laughs> <laughs> this is fantastic. Like I've been trying to fire him ever since we got him on the show. I know. I mean, we he just keeps showing up. He does. I mean, if if we restrict re- his access or something, maybe it would. Be <laughs> <effective>. <laughs> uh, but here's the reason I, de- I definitely went in detail here because these are cool movies, by the way. But I want our, our fans, you know, people are definitely hopefully going to be at DragonCon to see our panel live and that kind of thing. Uh, just follow it. You don't have to watch. You don't have to necessarily follow Geek.io, which is a fun show. If it's your cup of tea, you'll enjoy it. Uh, but you can go to this link I have and watch as the ratings come out and see as the money piles up and kind of get a feeling for what's going on. And I think it's a fun little competition. And uh, I hope I win. This is what I'm saying. I want to take home the Burger King crown or whatever the prize is for that. So, uh, and I think this next topic is is kind of why I forget Chris exists because I have to. I have those blackout moments because you know he just bashes you in the head with his funniness all the time uh i watched the defenders trailer today and then got accused of only watching it after somebody told me about it (laughs) well i i will let you guys run who wants to talk about the defenders trailer first nobody awesome i just my favorite thing to do is when you do a, a sudden transition like that to just let you sit there and it's even worse. I put a, a bite of sandwich in my mouth. They're like, "Oh crap! Nobody's talking." 
It wasn't even that sudden. I knew it was coming, and I was just going to lay there and let you dangle. <laughs> <laughs> because I see how much I mean. <laughs> okay, well, you are Chris. like the goldfish of podcasting, so... <laughs> Chris, Chris, what is your valued and cherished opinion on the Defenders? <laughs> wow, that's a stretch. You know, <laughs> I like the way the trailer was cut. I mean, the the whole assembling the team thing was pretty uh, was pretty awesome. But I think the standout moment for me was the 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 iron the Iron Fist and Power Man back and forth, and then that glowing punch to the face. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty. Yep, that that got me more jazz than anything. Um, yeah, the, the music. Oh well, the yeah, they come together. Was oh yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think I mean the the barb, the quick barb between uh, Daredevil and Jessica Jones was nice. It's uh, your scarf. It's your scarf. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was good. So, uh, I assumed and didn't have much information to assume this. I just kind of assumed because knowing the history with the hand that when. Um, Electra comes back that she'd be one of the big bads but in the hallway scene she's in the background like mm-hmm. with them well, looks like- I was like oh so she's not necessarily going to be at least right off or maybe I don't know if there's a twist but she's not the big bad this or one of she's what two big bads in each of these or maybe she's chased them I don't know that's Electra, man. Yeah. She could have thrown her aside <laughs> and poked him in the back of the head or not Luke Cage but everybody else she could have killed in the back of the head with the side uh Cots, what was your favorite stuff with this thing? Uh, pretty much the same as Chris. Like, I really liked that scene where they're like, "Who are you? Who are you?" And then he punches him, and I'm like, "Ooh, he he made that man's skin ripple." <laughs> That's some yeah. some power to that punch. Uh, yeah. So yeah, no, I mean, I'm I'm really excited. It's uh, I loved how uh, Murdoch kind of bursts into the interrogation room, and he's yes. like. Jessica like, Jones, don't say anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Who are you? <laughs> I'm your lawyer. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so I, I did regret not doing the, the reaction video because I had a ton of reactions to this thing. But, you know, there's Jessica Jones and then there's Misty Knight grilling her. I'm like, yes! Mashing it together. And then he bursts in. I'm like, oh, yes! <laughs> Matt Murdock. I made my wife watch it too after I watched it. And, uh, uh, it wasn't a Netflix and chill thing. I just had her watch the, the, the trailer. Because um, <laughs> I already took care of that long before she came around. Uh, <laughs> Klaus is just off the mic awkward now, but it's okay. But uh, when he goes, uh, what's with the glowing fist? He goes, I'm the immortal iron fist. She goes, immortal? Wait, he can't die. I'm like, no, you watched the whole series with me. And even though we we're disappointed in it, the Iron Fist is immortal. The person is not. There will always be an Iron Fist. Ah. Well, I, and then, then when Carl came into our chat, I was like, oh, I thought she died. I'm like, oh, people aren't paying attention. What I liked the best about that scene was it was, seemed like it was a tongue-in-cheek thing for the fans that had taken it. Like, I, it, yeah. it, it can't have been added that recently, and maybe it was, but it was just so... It, it, yeah, because they were kind of... Because Luke Cage's response was, huh? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm with you guys. Uh, I I want I want the next thing in 2018 to be the the buddy cop show, Power Man and Iron Fist. You know, call Heroes for Hire. Let's just go there. Let's call Heroes for maybe even Misty Knight kind of helps them out on the side or something. And you Paul's know. girl, Colleen Wing. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> Here comes that girl. Uh, and then the next trailer that I saw today was The Dark Tower. And I'm yeah. very impressed. Dude. Although, Chris, see, I posted, I posted, I went and I posted the defenders to breaking the panel, right? And then, like, an hour later, Chris comes and steps on that to say, here's Ginger Soba, my hero. <laughs> uh, yeah, Dark Tower uh, looks real cool, man. Yeah. Um, I wasn't following who else was cast in it very closely, and I didn't know McConaughey was going to play the, the big bad. <laughs> and that seems really interesting because the moment I saw him in that role I was like you know I don't think that I've ever seen McConaughey play a straight up bad guy like he uh, he's, yeah he's played so. like a douchey guy before you know what I mean like did you see uh true crime I did is not watch true true, yeah I did not watch true crime he's true not crime. The, he's not a bad guy but he's a very serious dark right. character there and he's, he's really good at it Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake come on I'm sorry, did you use words there? Yeah, I did. Okay. I did. And they were valid words. <laughs> well, well, the validity and is... I will, only and I will not have the Transformer guy talk down to me. <laughs> the Michael Bay disciple shall not look down his nose at me. Why? Did people blow up in, in Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Oh, okay. Never mind. In, in, into meat shards. <laughs> meat shards. Uh, I, I dug... So... If you watch the trailer, I, I do give a little background. Uh, watch my reaction to the trailer, rather, on, on Giant Size Team Up Network. Ooh, ooh, let, me, let me boil it down. Let me boil it down. Um, oh, I've never read a Stephen King book, um, but I like them. They look neat. And I think I read a graphic novel about this, but probably only like three pages of it. But this movie looks awesome. This is awesome. It's, it's my unadulterated opinion. Right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's pretty fucking spot on. Sorry, Mike. Sorry, Mike. Um, that was pretty. That let me rephrase. <clears throat> that was absolutely correct, Chris. <laughs> well, <laughs> so uh, I've ne no, I said I never read the Dark Tower oh. series, but I did get the first graphic novel at the library. They didn't have any more, and I read the first book, but it really. The first book of of the Dark Tower in the graphic novel form doesn't go that deep in the story. I mean, it barely starts getting into it, and it's done in a very—I'm sure it's done the same way the the novel is—in a very obtuse kind of uh, way. So I was trying to figure it out, and then I get to the end of the book, and I don't have enough stuff, and I didn't get another book. But yeah, it, I know enough to know who the Gunslinger is. I know there's magic in that world, and. I did not know who the man in black is other than some big bad. I mean, they just started referencing him in the first book that I read, the the graphic novel. But, yeah, Idris loading the guns in midair, that's cool. Yeah, I think that that particular part of the trailer, I think, was as impactful as the first time. Um, was that Equilibrium? Mm -hmm. um, with the gun foo stuff? I think, like, the, oh, first, yeah, time, yeah, the yeah. first time you see that on yeah. film. It's 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 that impactful. You're like, oh, that's an that's an awesome visual. I never thought about doing anything in that way, and that's that's a really cool delivery. Yeah, yeah. I knew I knew uh, because that Idris, you would just it, it could be a, a steaming pile of poo, and you're gonna love it. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, now the kid, I've, I I could look up on IMDb, but I'm pretty sure that I haven't seen anything with the kid in it uh, before. 
So that's going to be Yeah, he didn't seem familiar to me either. I did I did have to go a little uh <laughs> a little team America on it. Just does your world have bullets? <laughs> America! F yeah. Uh that's yeah. So then the third thing, since you guys are, are asleep at will, we'll just keep on moving here. Uh eh, I don't know about this next thing. I'm a huge, huge Boondock Saints fan. Loved the first one. The second came out, bought the collector's edition, loved the second one. That was almost ten years ago now. It's uh two thousand nine. And loved it. And when I, I saw this pop up, boondocksback.com, I was like, oh, let me check that out. Here's what I'm not sure about the premise. Because what was great about the first two movies was the characters and the cast. They, they just got that chemistry right with the two brothers, Norman Reedus. And um, I had his name and I lost his name. But the... Uh, Shoot, I can see his face and everything. And uh, was the, Patrick, isn't it Patrick? Is it th- so, yeah, he's got three names. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, it's Sean and, Patrick Flannery, right? That, yes, yeah, thank yeah. you, Sean Patrick Flannery, Norman Reedus, and uh, the, everybody else that got. It's just this great chemistry of of storytelling and people, and so a one off thing because this guy Trent uh, Troy, rather Troy, was a, a bartender in Boston and and just wrote this one story and. And it worked, and he got the right somehow got the right people and the right backing, and it worked. And then he did it a second time, and it worked. But now they're talking about doing a TV series, and it's going to be a prequel. It's going to show you how the brothers, why they get to be where they are. And it's like, well, if you're going to do a prequel, both Norman and well, Norman's probably way too expensive for you to get now, unless he just loves the property, which you know I, that could be the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, or it could be a Ben Affleck moment and James Holly Bob strike back. And sometimes you do things because friends remind you they started your career and you owe them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they're older now. So to do a prequel TV show, I don't think it would work very well to make, have those same characters play themselves, the same actors play the same characters. And the trailer is Rocco, and that's actually his real name. Uh, he's, he's Rocco in the movie. His name is David something Rocco as the actor. And he's just talking about how the series is coming back, and it's going to be on TV in 2018, and you can buy the box set and this and that. And it feels kind of uh, – it feels like it's a Kickstarter type of deal where you buy this stuff, and it's all this money, and you get all these things. And it's almost as like a subscription crate. I'm going to tell you the cost on it in a second. Because I was interested. I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm going to throw you some money because I like what you do. And But they're not talking about who's going to air it. They, it doesn't feel like it's been picked up. There's no actual footage uh, in a trailer. Like, here's what the show's going to look like. It's literally like a Kickstarter pitch of this is what we're going to do. And if you go to boondocksback.com, you can look at what you can buy. You can get this beautiful box. I mean, it's a gorgeous box. It's apparently a, a key factor in the show itself. Like, the box is important to them. And... And they show it open, and it says the boys are watching, or the brothers are watching, rather. And it has the, you know, mock-up DVD sets in there. Because you'd get the entire thing, the the pilot and the entire first series on DVD before it airs, is what you're getting there. Uh, and it's what they said. And then for 10 months, you get a, a Boondock Saints box to your door every month uh, with some cool swag and whatever in it. Uh, $600. Five ninety eight for that, and that's like, and there's a limited run. And honestly, the collector in me, because 
it is one it's one of the few niche things I'm really into. The collector in me went, if I had the money, I might actually do that because it's it's out there, but please don't. I don't. I don't have the money. I'm you not going know, to. I, mean, I just want the golden ticket experience for five thousand or the emerald. Oh, I know, right? So I didn't even get to that far. You can go to the premiere for five thousand, and what you have to you get there and you have to you know eat and, and sleep on your own, but they'll they'll take care of the rest. That's uh, what it says. Uh, and then for ten thousand, you get the VIP experience where they fly you out, put you up in a hotel, this and that and the other. <laughs> no, I don't have ten thousand dollars for the golden ticket experience. Well, it's the five thousand covers two people. But true, and, I mean, but it's this. Yeah, I mean, okay. So I'm I'm gonna take a giant dump all over this right now. <laughs> this is a cash grab, like. This is $600? Are you kidding me? And, and further, it's $600 saying that it's normally priced at 800 and it's got $1,200 worth of value in it. Yeah, isn't that, isn't that what uh, Kohl's and JCPenney's and all those guys just got in trouble for in the last couple of years? Amazon. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. There, unless there's like... A firearm in that box, you know what I'm oh, saying? Like, oh, like, um, yeah. Unless there's an actual limited edition gun in the box with the DVDs or whatever, no. And they they show a mock-up of this product. Like, it's it looks like it's a wooden box with some DVDs and a flash drive in it. That's it. Well, well, okay. So with that box, you get another ten months of other boxes showing up at your door. That's the first thing you get, and I get that. I, and I totally get you know six hundred dollars for that is not enough. And honestly, it's probably not. It's probably not a good value for all of it. But the the collector me goes. There's a lot of people who are going to pass on this. And I love. I like I said. I am absolutely. I love everything about Boondock Saints. Uh, I had the movie poster up in, in my. Uh, TV room in the old house for the longest time. Never, you know, I'm not, I don't go so far as, oh, I want the tattoos on my fingers. I was like, nah. But I don't know. I just, I, I dig it. And no, the value is not there for $600, even with the, the extra 10 boxes that come. I think right. if this had been 10, maybe 15 years ago and was like a Suncoast exclusive, you'd probably have more bites at this Apple. You'd definitely have a better chance, but I, I, this even, medium is going away. Or even around 10 years ago at the height of, like, Hot Topic, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, this yeah. had been something through Hot Topic, but, like, I think this ship is sailed, man, and I think that's why it's priced so high. I think they've done the calculations and they realize that the core fans of Boondock Saints are, like, they're not kids anymore. Because mm-hmm. that was the whole thing. The, the big cash grab on merch for Boondock Saints was like the Hot Topic craze. And yeah. like that was, you know, like 10, 15 years ago, you know, big money. You know what I mean? And uh, I remember like every edgy kid on the planet was into Boondock Saints back then. And I like Boondock Saints. Don't get me wrong. It's fun. Um, I don't put it up there as like this great, you know, masterpiece that some people would, but it was. You know, especially considering its origins, you know, somebody who was not an industry professional per se that created it, uh, saw their vision come, you know, come to be. It was really fun. It was out there. It was different than everything else that was being done at the time. 
it's all fair. Um, but no, this is this is clearly a cash grab. Also, I'm going to be honest. Um, the writer slash director here, uh, I forget his name. Uh, Troy Troy yeah Baker yeah he uh, he doesn't have a good reputation. No, he's an asshole. Right, he's he's pretty widely known to be really hard to work with and a real yeah. a real asshole, like you said. Uh, so I really don't want to support that. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to support that kind of person. Um, you got burned by Yui Bowl, and you don't want to go back to that. <laughs> I mean, Yui Bowl—that's like Yui Bowl—is like kind of a knob about stuff sometimes. You know what I mean? But like, he he genuinely believed that he was just making like fun movies and he thought they were okay he was wrong but you know i kind of saw his point where he was like oh everybody's like make, you know i make video game movies and stuff like that and it's like you guys are like expecting oscar material he was kind of like dumping on people when he when he did his famous little video where he was opting out of his career but yeah no i mean baker is like i don't know i just don't like you said charles this is a little bit late to be doing an origin story yeah um because you don't have all of the people i mean like you don't have billy Connolly, who can look young again i mean this has been what what was the original original one came out 90 something it's got yeah it's got to be 20 years at this point or very close to yeah um and here's the thing it's almost 10 years since the sequel and the sequel was a bit rough around the edges like it was fun agreed get me wrong but it wasn't it wasn't as polished as the first one was like out you know really unique and all of that and it was a bit rough around the edges story wise so i don't i don't have a lot of faith in this 1999 um, is when it came out and then 10 years later all saints day in 2009 right. and so here we are they're looking at a 2018 release for this origin series. like i'm sorry that's the other thing you got to strike while the iron is hot not while it is uh cold and now here's here's my concern with with putting that money in. I mean, honestly, at my age and at the experience that I've had, if I were and again, I don't have the money, my wife would kill me. I mean, I'd have to be making some good money to be able to burn this. But that's what it'd be. I'm gonna take a chance and invest just to see what happens, and I'm gonna burn six hundred dollars to have a cool little collector thing and go. Nah, I tried, and I would take that as a risk and going. Okay, I'm not gonna get mad if this goes off. Whatever, you know, they walk away. This is still considered in development on IMDb. Therefore, there's no information about it unless you're on IMDb Pro. Yeah, and what's and, your what's your guarantee on rever- return on investment too? And, and that's that's what I was about to get to, Chris. Is that they're saying it's a 2018 launch. Uh, there's no TV studio attached to this, or I think they would say that honestly. You get before it ever airs anywhere. You get the whole thing on DVD, which come on, Blu-ray man. At least, you know, uh, digital download, man, come on. Um, but you, you it, it tells me that, oh, this this long tail, there's a long tail, Cody Fingers, your investment. Yeah, it's 2018, St. Patrick's Day 2018 is the premiere. So that's those big tickets we're talking about being flying, fl- flying out to the premiere in Boston in 2018. Well, who's to say that actually is going to happen, right? Who's to say that, okay, you get your box, hopefully cross your fingers, you actually get your box, which is probably what worth what clots a hundred bucks. Yeah, I mean it, on fair market. Well, okay, this is not a proven property either. I mean, this TV show is not. Uh, but on proven properties, you put out uh, Nakatomi Tower edition of the uh, Die Hard series. That's a hundred and fifty dollar box set because it's that Nakatomi Tower that holds them. 
Uh, so, yeah, this might be worth 100 150 bucks. Yeah, but that Nakatomi Tower, you already said it, that Nakatomi Tower edition is going to be Blu-ray. Yeah. It's probably going to come with de- digital downloads. And if this is a wooden box replica, you might as well not do the mock-up and give me a, a mahogany box. You know, right. for what they're asking. For what they're asking. Yeah. But it, then it's that long tail. Well, for 10 months after. Well, what happens if you didn't raise enough money? What happens if you blow through your budget? What happens if you didn't manage this correctly or it never gets picked up? Do I actually get boxes for 10 months? You know, it's that long tail on an unproven property. I mean, it, all those little things jumped out at me. So I really, with all my heart, I really hope this is truly successful, that it gets picked up, that it, it even by Netflix or somebody, that's, that it does get some real direction behind it. But I watched a documentary on Troy Baker. It may have been on the Boondock Saints 2 disc. I can't remember where I saw it. But I, and, and yeah, he's he is. Got you right. He's notoriously hard to work with. He mirror who put it out originally Miramax, I want to say. Uh, let, let's just say whoever it was. Let's just say Miramax, but whatever studio backed him, they had fights about money constantly because he kept going over budget, and they wanted it to be basically like an indie film budget, and and he wanted it to be like a blockbuster budget, and I just TV in this day and age. We just talked about last week, and Klotz was talking about being saturated with streaming services and. DC TV, or it's not going to be called DC TV because that's something else. Uh, but uh, DC streaming service uh, is taking a chance, but they have Warner Brothers. If they fail, they can lose millions of dollars, and it's okay, you know, because Warner Brothers will make another fantastic crap hole and make some money off of it or something. I don't know. But you're an in, you're no matter how you look at it, Troy Baker is an indie director. Period. The only thing he's ever done is Boone Dot Saints and Boone Dot Saints Two. And Boondock Saints 2 almost didn't happen. And it did happen, and it it did well for the studio. It did well for him. But this is your next adventure almost 10 years later. And trying to get a TV show out there, Constantine had a marketable audience. It ended at 2.8 or 3-something million viewers. A proven audience. Netflix and Hulu refused to pick it up. CW... Well, CW made a lot of bad decisions about heroes during that particular time frame. But CW refused to pick it up. And that was a proven show. It had marketable uh, viewers. This is a brand new risk. I don't, I don't know. I don't. I, I really hope it goes well, but I everything in me goes, mm, Well, yeah, I mean, happen. like, this makes me think of, like, I could see something like this being done, like, say... Say somebody wanted to take The Godfather, right, and do do a television show of it, right, and go do like the the build up to the first Godfather, you know, like go back and, and kind of flesh out some of that stuff. I mean, I know they kind of did that, but like, there's room, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you could probably get away with that now because you're not going to include any of the original actors because it's been so long, and but you would want to attach somebody really strong. You know, like a, a really big name. Yeah. Both, both an actor and also, you know, a uh, a director slash writers. That's not what we have going on here. The biggest names that would be attached to this would seemingly not be included. You know what I mean? Because Flannery right. doesn't have much of a career anymore. 
I mean, he he's out there, I think. But, but he's definitely aged out of a prequel, in my opinion. Unless right. you get some oh. magic digital, right? Unaging and, formula. There. Well, really? he could. I mean, yeah, he could be on. They could easily throw him on at the beginning of the show or at the beginning of the as episode. a flashback. Sure. Yeah. 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 Right. Dude, but I, but like, I'm sorry. That's funny. That's the young Indiana Jones was him, and they did that, right? They did the flashback, and then he's the kid. And, you know, that's a, I don't know. It just popped in my mind. Go ahead. Sorry. No, but I'm just saying. Like, and Reedus obviously is on Walking Dead. He's super busy. He's the geeks' chic right now. I mean, it, right? It, he rules the geek world when it comes to. But I also think that he's in a position where he wouldn't just jump at any project either. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That, yeah. I mean, it would be it would behoove him not to get associated with this if this isn't a solid product, you know. So yeah, I mean, that's basically my whole thing is like it, it's twenty years later after the original. You know what I mean? Like, come on, let's let's be a little more realistic about this. I think they would have been better suited if they because this is clearly like a crowdsource. You know, they're trying to raise funds, um, and that's the other thing is you know this site. This is clearly like they hired a graphic designer and a you yeah. know a web developer. Yeah, they, the site's sharp. They got somebody to do a mock up of what the product might look like, but it, you can tell it's just Photoshop. And there's nothing substantial here yet. And so like I I don't see any reason to support it. and they put it real limited time. 52 days, 5 hours and a you know a countdown. Like I don't know, man, like yeah. And, yeah. and and that's my thing is because they're I don't know if I had the money I'd almost and I was gonna leaning towards any kind of doing any kind of thing like this I would almost just go to Kickstarter or Indiegogo and speculate right. on something where you're gonna get a producerial uh, producerial credit you know you're gonna get something other than just the physical stuff but I mean that Paul's exactly right and they're it it, it it's very crowdsourced without saying it's crowdsourced. And I don't understand that be, this is the day and age of crowdsourcing. Like, to me, that lends you credibility if you're just out front being like, hey, we're coming to the fans because we know that you're the ones that love it. And even if yeah. they say, you know, your first step is we're going to see how much we can get from you and then we can show a studio it's viable, put up the rest of it, something. But it's, yeah, it's a little hinky. Yeah, if they're going to Kickstarter or Indiegogo, well, Kickstarter, honestly, uh, that would lend it a level of credibility. To me, well, because the big thing with Kickstarter is more and more than the other uh, crowdsourcing sites. Kickstarter is all or nothing. You set your goal. If you fail to hit that goal, you, you get nothing. Nothing gets right. charged. Everybody keeps their money. And you get to see us as investors. We get to see the goal being right. met. Like we exactly. see how close it's getting and this kind of thing. Which is yeah. why something like MST3K works out. You know what I mean? Because everybody gets to see it. Everyone's like, all right, this is what they're promising to do. This is everybody who's involved. You know, this is what kind of like what they're thinking. And this is, you know, where they're at in that progress. So there's confidence, you know, as, yes. as any crowdsourcing gets closer to its goal, it increases everybody's confidence. You know, I mean, some people go back and increase their commitment. Some people convince friends to commit, you know, I mean, like my roommate was a Kickstarter supporter of, mst3k so it, it, we watched it kind of closely you know what i mean and it was like and the final product is out and it's quite good you know so but that was the, a similar situation a brand that we had some familiarity with but they hadn't done anything in a really long time and you know they got some fresh blood involved people that you know had a, a reputation to that was respectable and everything 
So there was confidence there. And then you got to see what everybody, everybody else was jumping on the bandwagon. So yeah, I think if they did something along those lines, it'd be better. But this just seems, this seems like a scheme to me. And I mean that in, you know, the, the nastiest way you can mean scheme. I really do feel like this is a cash grab and I, I would worry that, yeah, that people would pay for this, and then ultimately almost nothing would come of it. Because that's the other thing is there's no, there's no follow up to this. Because if you do a Kickstarter or an Indiegogo or something like that, if they fail to deliver, you've got a company that can support you. You know, the company that you're that they're interfacing through, they can back you with all the information and everything. And so if you file a class action or something like that to get the money back or whatever. There's there's recourse, you know what I mean? There's yes. nothing like that with this because there's no information here. It's just this website, you know what I mean? And so yeah. I, I just it, it's it's this is real sketchy. Basically, is where I'm at with it. I I agree. I agree. I hope I hope to see the TV show, but it is what it is. Uh, you know, uh, if they were going to cast a new or younger actor, right? Apparently, you can just get Grant Gustin to mess up his hair and put on a tattoo. Then he looks like he's a tough guy. I don't know what. Uh, <laughs> he, well, he and Todd Kavanaugh have that what uh, Kickstarter film that they're doing. I saw a picture of it the other day on Instagram. I was like, yeah, you still just look like Barry Allen that just had a hard night. That's all, man. <laughs> but what what Flash news do we have going on here? Okay, no, and I just wanted to talk. Uh, the most recent issue of Flash just aired last night, so I'm not going to really get into specifics, and I don't want to spoil anything. Um, but I wanted, I wanted it noted that the CW and the Flash TV show gave us what we've been asking for from Fox's X-Men for years, and they gave us a full 30 seconds of Killer Frost swooping around the city on an ice slide, and they nice. made it look so easy. And I don't know, like. It was CW graphics, so it wasn't the best. But I like why have we never seen that in an X film? I was so excited and jazzed when I saw that. I thought, okay, so maybe in future X films we'll be able to see that. It was uh, it was a pretty good little romp. That's awesome. I got behind on the Flash, and then I think they've had their have they had their season finale yet? No, they actually just came back from mid season break. Uh, okay, so no, that's thing. right. I'm not behind on the Flash because they were on mid season break. That's what it was. So yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I look forward to seeing that. Thanks for ruining the moment there, Chris. <laughs> you won't know when yeah, it's coming. Uh, that's true. And honestly, that, that does sound really, really cool. Uh, Klotz, you are waiting to binge that Flash, right? <laughs> I said you're waiting to binge the Flash. You're not keeping up with the Flash. I was washing my hands, Ma. I was washing my hands. Uh. <laughs> You see, I, I had watched all of The Flash this season, and then I went back in time and unwatched all of it by changing something. So uh, <laughs> I, 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 I'll binge nice. it at some point. I, I'm not in a hurry, if I'm honest. Yeah, no, no, that's fine. I was trying to keep up with it all. I think I've oversaturated myself. Uh, I think I'm going to, in future seasons, I'll binge Supergirl, because honestly... I, I don't have anything really bad to say about Supergirl. It just is it's not for me. That's all I can I don't know. I there's I can't pinpoint what it is. I just don't care. Well, we've talked about it in the past. It's the strong female leads. We understand, Charles. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it doesn't make it okay, but we understand where you're coming from. 
Uh, no, I mean you're fired. Let, let's 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 be real about Supergirl though. Like it's good and it has great moments. But yeah, it's great moments. It definitely has that core CW teen drama thing going on. It, it almost has a Xena Warrior Princess cheesiness factor. Yeah. So that you know? gets a bit rough sometimes. I you know it's. That's probably my big beef with the the CW DC stuff right now is that for some reason it's felt like it two seasons ago I felt like everybody was like all the various shows like the first season of Flash even the second season of Flash the first couple seasons of Arrow it's like they had some of that stuff but they were building really interesting you know deep stories but then they like couldn't figure out how to bookend them properly and then the next thing you know, we're getting into more of the will they, won't they, we're going to reset some stuff. Uh, like, cause like, that's the way I look at the whole in arrow. That's how I look at the Ollie Felicity relationship. Like last season where it like fell apart all of a sudden, that kind of stuff. I'm like, you're, you're like rebooting. It's really not that different than Barry Allen going back in time and changing stuff. You know what I mean? You're yeah. kind of like just trying to reboot the excitement aspect of it, like in that regard. And I'm just like, that stuff is becoming tedious to me. And it's funny that the one show that has the excuse for doing that legends is the one that probably does it the least. You know what I mean? Like they, yeah. they, they tend to like actually let characters have their development arcs and let them come to fruition. Whereas the other ones are like, Oh, let's just uh, make all this character progress. And then let's uh, roll back about 10 episodes. And you know, like, like with Ollie, for example, let's have Ollie like mature and overcome his dark side a little bit and start to embrace being happy again. And he's gone full emo again. And, oh, yeah. you know, I don't trust anybody. I won't tell anybody, blah, blah, blah. And it's the same thing with Barry. It's the same to a certain degree. It's the same thing with Kara. Like, I'm just kind of like, there's a point where I'm like, do these characters mature at all? You know what I mean? And so that's my big complaint is it's because I think that's the formula. I think that's the CW formula is that people just continue to roll through the same uh, personal struggles over and over again. And I'm like, that's the definition of insanity, CW insanity. Yeah. When are these, when are these yeah. characters going to grow up and learn, learn from their mistakes? Like by yeah. all means address the next issue you know what i mean like the next struggle but like let's stop backtracking all the time because that's that's the stuff that sucks and that's the same critique i had for agents of shield with especially with what happened with sky you know i didn't like the fact that we built you know she went from being the angsty hacker to being a trusted member of the team and you know a family unit basically was formed on that show and then at the beginning you know end of last season beginning of this season it's like oh well you know my boyfriend died spoilers uh my boyfriend died (laughs) i now question everything and i trust no one and and i'm just like why are we doing this why so yeah that's where i'm at with all of them it's it's i think they embrace the uh the juvenile element of their shows a little too much sometimes and i could tolerate it from one of them like i expect supergirl to be like that a little bit because that's kind of how their character they've characterized her is that she really needs to grow up emotionally as far as that stuff goes Mm -hmm. but i don't want it out of every single one of them and at this point like when for example arrow when we've been following Ollie for what four or five years now? Is it yep. six? Even? Five. 
Five. Five. Yeah. So at this point, Ollie's not like a dude in his late twenties anymore. He's a dude in his early thirties. You know what I mean? If we if we embrace the fact that roughly every season is a year or so storyline wise. Yeah. I mean, sure. Uh, and if it's not, I mean, that's been a real busy year or two. <laughs> so, like, that's my whole thing. Is it's just like these characters are shifting with where they should be in their life cycle as well. You know what I mean? So, and it, like I said, I can forgive it of one show, but not all of them. And I think honestly, it's funny that Legends is the one that just doesn't do that as much. You know what I mean? And yeah. and just embraces actually what's amazing about superhero content is like there's backstory development and stuff for all the characters on legends like last season was fantastic like going back and seeing mixed background seeing uh you know uh why am i drawing a blank on his name cold Dry, oh. captain gold captain freeze. Cold. yeah uh not mr Mark. freeze by captain Snart. Snart, yeah Snart. I, um i have this problem where i always in my mind mix up snart snope and, like all of these like S name SN and names, Snape. <laughs> yeah Snape, and like I'm like I don't want to say the wrong one because I don't need another Weasley moment in my life. <laughs> uh, yeah, Snart. No, like the whole thing with Snart. Um, you know, we get to see what made him who he was. We got to see the same thing with Mick. Like that, those are great moments. That doesn't change who they are as character. You know, it, it informs them a little bit more, but they still are fun. They still act the way they, they should, you know what I mean? They don't regress all the time, and I like that, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I mean, I guess I just kind of turned that into a rant about those shows, even though I've been ranting about them a lot lately, but there you go. That's how I feel. I'm in no hurry. I will watch them because I do ultimately enjoy the content. I just don't enjoy the week-to-week rat race of will they, won't yeah. they. And it's yeah, a, yeah. It's a lot easier to get through those rough patches too. Like when if there's two or three episodes like last season Arrow when the Felicity Ollie relationship fell apart. If I was watching that week to week at the time, I'd be super annoyed. Hey, it was annoying, yes. You know what I mean? But when I watched three or four episodes in a day, I got through the bulk of that and start to come out the other side a little bit and I was like, "All right, that's a little more tolerable." You know what I mean? It's not quite as as rough and gross and disgusting. Because <laughs> on Netflix, you can bloop, 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 and skip skip it real quick and get to the next. And if, if you end up watching 10 minutes of an episode because it's a heavy relationship episode, you know you can just jump to the next one and get mm-hmm. some more fighting or whatever it is you, you want to see. I, I also really like to be able to watch these seasons in in the mini story chunks that they're kind of structured in. So, like, generally there's, like, oh, this issue comes up, we take two, three, maybe four episodes to kind of deal with that particular issue, and, you know, the whole there's a whole story for the whole season, but there's micro stories within it, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I like to be able to consume the little mini arc within each season at a time, so, like oh, well, we'll deal with this thing, and then we'll deal with that thing, and then, oh, we'll deal with the whole ultimate core of the whole season, cool, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's it makes it a lot more digestible, and it, lets, it makes it flow a lot better. So, <sighs> well, we've got we've got some other great stuff going on here, and we're gonna do what we do. We hit the ad break. We got some cool stuff. Uh, we got games coming up. We got a comic book discussion. We got some feedback from you guys and ladies out there. So stay tuned. We'll be back in just a moment. 
And we're back. Here is some awesome stuff going on right now. We got some iTunes review, guys. And I have got, uh, I'm going to save the one you're going to love the most for last. There's two new ones. But this one's from uh, Cool Breeze 23 Says, love when the Blazing Defender hosts. Uh, <laughs> it's a five-star review. Great show. Love their big roundtable discussions, especially when the Blazing Defender co-hosts. Only downside is that wisdom guy. Sounds like a post-op training <laughs> trying to be a guy. <laughs> I imagine that came uh, from somebody we might know. I'm not sure there. I know it didn't come from his mother. Oh! <laughs> and see, Travis, you, you know, email Blazing Defender at giantsizeteamup.com. Network.com, uh for for uh, the the post op comment. So you know, there you go. Uh, here's the other one though. Here's here's this one's fun. That was great. Thank you, Chapman. Uh By Nigel Molasses Finger. Sure, why not? Uh, yeah. <laughs> five five stars. You guys don't give Charles a hard enough time, and that's the entire review right there. <laughs> <laughs> Man, somebody wants us to crank it to 11. <laughs> I think so. I think so. So I, I was tickled by that. You can leave your iTunes reviews. Go to giantsizeteamup.com forward slash support, and you'll see all the shows there, links to the iTunes. So you can leave reviews. You can subscribe. Uh, any kind of Patreons or pledges or fa uh, facial media. I was thinking Facebook and social media, and I said facial media. Uh, <laughs> all the, all so the links. <laughs> <laughs> All the links that you need is right there. So it's giantsizeteamup.com forward slash support. And you can leave iTunes reviews for us as well. I have been playing. I've seen this game pop up a couple of times in our old chat group, uh, uh, Facebook group, uh, Agents Only Lounge. And I recently saw it pop up again. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Legends. And people at, were asking, are you guys playing this? Uh, this looks like fun. And Frank Allen who we love dearly, uh, who's a huge Turtles fan. It was like the first post, the comment I saw on it. He's like, yeah, as much as I like, I can't do Aussie, so I'm just going to do a weird voice. As much as I like collected Turtle characters, it's a real, it's really grindy. It's really grindy. And, and you know, there's no reason to use multiple powers. You just do power one, power one, power until your bar fills up, and then you blast them. And I'm like, eh, I'm going to try it anyway. It looks like fun. The, the video is crap. I mean, it doesn't tell you anything about the game. It just shows a bunch of cool-looking artwork. And I got to tell you, the art in this game is gorgeous. The, this, the settings, the different characters, because you have black and white comic curdles. You've got all kind of different characters. Yeah, well, I don't know, you know, there's that. But I'm just saying, the artwork is amazing in this game. I'm up to level, I think I just hit level 20. And uh, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. I th I don't see what he's saying about you don't need other powers. I find there's a strategy in using other powers. But honestly, Frank Allen and Chris Wisdom and Paul Klotz and myself, we played MAA for three, four, five years. We have no right to call anything grindy. MAA was grindhouse central without the awesome movie to go with it. Well, and see, and that's where... That's where I give comments like that. Wait, because he understands what grinding is. So when, <laughs> well, when he calls out grinding, it must be grinding. I, I know, me personally, I played it for maybe like hardcore played it for two hours on the first day and maybe an hour the second day. And then after that, I was just kind of doing my check-ins, daily check-ins just hmm. to get like, so it, what, what was it? Every 12 hours, the pack will open up. Two, that's two, two or three hours now. 
Okay, well, so I would only get one pack a day because that was all the checking in that I would do. The gameplay yeah. wasn't that compelling. I did like the artwork. The artwork was good. Um, but yeah, I just actually deleted it a day, day or two ago. Well, here's, I'll tell you what has grabbed me. So far now, take this in mind. I'm the filthy casual. A month from now, I might delete this game and not say anything about it. I mean, it's it's how I go. I like a game. I'll play it for a while. Then I go, eh, okay, I'm done. And I'll delete it. But right now, I'm into it. I played it hardcore for about a week. Uh, I've enjoyed getting the different characters. In fact, I actually went on Hulu and found the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon that this game is based off of. And my kids are loving it. And I've actually enjoyed watching some of the episodes with them as well. And it, it's, it's really well done. But... Uh, every couple of hours, you get a new pack, and that's always fun. Uh, they've got mis- uh, different missions to do in the day, so your daily checkoff sheet, basically. They've got achievements you can do. They've got PvP, which is the system we always wanted, Clots, and MAA. The PvP system is random to somebody who's pretty much close to your league. There's no game day crunch. Uh, there is a slowdown timer, so you can only use your characters once every two or three hours. I forget what the timer is. Uh, depending on what league you're in. Uh, there's no defensive battles. So essentially you have your PVP team, right? You use them once and then they get a four hour cooldown. But if you have other characters, you can play a different PVP battle. Uh, it, it's, it's, I like the PVP in it. And I like that there's been uh, a class challenge mission uh, at the same time as a different other kind of challenge mission at the same time as your regular stuff you can go through. It's, I don't know what it is, Chris, because I played the the DC uh, Legends as well, and it was just something about them being static on the screen. Not static on the screen, but they didn't move to place to place. They were just like, show up, fight, done. I played it until I was level 50-something, I think, and I was like, I just I don't care anymore, and deleted it. There's something about watching those characters run to the next area to fight somebody. It's stupid. It has nothing to do with gameplay. But it makes me excited every time to see because the animation is different for any character. Yeah, like the big eye bites, uh, fat guy. Uh-huh. He runs slower than everybody else, so he will disappear off the screen. And he actually has to do like a little bunny hop to jump up to the high ledge, and it tickles me. It tickles me the little touches they put into the animations. Well, and that was that was my problem with uh, Marvel Avengers Alliance too. Was it was a waste of 3D graphics to not have right because they're just standing there. Yeah, some sort. Of, yeah, when they're just standing there, and I mean, like I've been hooked on this Soul Hunters, and it's a 2D left to right. Um, where you take what is it five heroes in, and and I got the same thing like I, oh wow I get to see them transition how cool would it have been if Mar- if MAA had done that because you know it's yeah. the thing it's the same three waves of enemies per encounter right it would have been cool if that was just that animation of them walking across the screen is cool so yeah I, I don't know if it's gonna be enough to hook me but that's my my take on it now so there's a Thrill Legends from the fact that Klaus didn't pop in I imagine you haven't played it or given it the time of day yet. So. Nope. <laughs> nope. I uh, see. I, I play a number of other mobile games off and on. Yeah, you got the Japanese stuff, right? Generally, um, I yeah, grindy is a is a thing. It's actually at one point I was playing four mobile ga- or four mobile games at the same time, and I had to back off because uh, that was too much. But um. You know, I, I gotta say, like one one of the games that I've played the most and really enjoy on mobile is uh, Final Fantasy Brave Exvius. And one of the things that I really like about it is that it it's a lot like MAA, where it's uh, it's five people in your party, um, 
and uh, you know every character has ability you know various abilities and stuff and it's about building teams that complement each other and all that stuff just like maa was uh but it's uh you know it's a side it's not even a side scroller it's just it, it's just like marvel avengers alliance was where you just see your party sitting there but the sprite uh, animation and, and art is so incredible because they did it in a classic uh, like 32-bit style. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. all, it's yeah. all pixel art. Um, it looks great. And as you upgrade the quality of characters, because that's what you have to do, you have to you know put uh, resources into upgrading them, their star levels and stuff, which is pretty typical to the Japanese games. Uh, the animations actually change. So like they start off looking all kind of like like a, a warrior type will have like a shield and a sword and it'll be like pretty plain Jane, you know what I mean? And then when you upgrade them to the next star level, all of a sudden they're in a spiffier sword and shield and then by the time you get to I the love end of it, that. They've got this crazy particle effect around them, like they're just glowing with energy or whatever. It's amazing. It's really cool. Um, and they've done a good job of balancing it between bringing classic characters from previous Final Fantasy games, as well as creating some new and unique characters as well, which is another thing that I really like. Uh, I like games that have some room for some unique characters. That was one of my favorite things about Avengers Alliance was that when they did Fear Itself, they were able to get in there and, you know, create new versions of some of those uh those mantles, you know what I mean? And do some really interesting things. And uh, they kind of, in a way, created a little bit of their own continuity, and it was really cool. So, um, yeah, uh, yeah, it's uh, grindy, though. These mobile games are real, real grindy. Um, but they're, they're that's, still- that's, I mean, that's par for the course, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm <laughs> not saying I haven't hit grind on Turtles. I'm absolutely you know, hunting for the right pieces yeah. to get the power up or whatever there's a little bit of a grind but i to me not more than marvel so far marvel i i, I loved it played it all the time mm-hmm. i think that's the thing is if you can if the gameplay around the grind is engaging enough so that you don't notice the grind but even i mean i love the i loved maa too but there were there were like the cosmic cube or not the cosmic cube the uh the, the not the oh my god i can't remember what it was called there was a lot of balance issues with the sequel. Yeah. There um, were some characters that were like S tier for no reason. Yeah, well not yeah. no reason. I mean they were S tier because they had like abilities that couldn't be rivaled by other characters. Like Wasp, for example, had mm-hmm. the whole like you mentioned the cosmic cube from the first game. Uh, and I mean very famously Charles and I went at it a few times over the nature of that that Play item. The 20%. Synthetic cube, that's what it was, the synthetic yeah, cube. There we go. Yeah. Uh, but in the sequel, like Wasp had a dodge rate that was like, yeah, like almost perfect, insane, yeah. And if yeah. if you had maxed her and everything, you know what I mean. Like, so she could, was basically she would just tank entire teams and just grind it out because she could barely be touched. And yeah, the stuff like that makes for an unfun experience. Um, but yeah, they definitely wasted uh, the the platform that they had at the time. Uh, I'll tell you the the game that really stands out to me as being really innovative in that regard is uh future fight future fight started out kind of simple like it had some pretty basic levels and stuff like it was pretty stripped down you know what i mean like it was just like oh you get to pick these heroes and run around and there wasn't a lot of like 
He only had three or four abilities, and there wasn't a lot to do. There was only a couple maps. But they have since then, in the last couple years, added a ton of different game modes, a ton of different, like, you know, different types of content to do. Like, there's so much stuff. Like, you can play that game full-time. Like, you could play an MMO like WoW or something. And people do. I gave it up, uh, but it's it's got some, you know, some oomph to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so there's definitely like I, I still stand by the fact that like mobile mobile games are not what they used to be. Uh, they they can be some serious business, and uh, it's a real shame that MAA went away because so many people loved it. Um, yeah, I still well, see the the Avengers Alliance fans like yeah, yeah, yeah. Lamenting they're putting... it's passing all the time. <laughs> That's true. Uh, you know what? If it was, I think I think it would be broken today. If MAA was still around, it'd be broken today because they'd want to introduce uh, Evil Hydra Cap, and no <laughs> want to play that's called the transition, folks. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, all right, yes, it is. Go ahead. I don't wanna. No, uh, that's your story. All right, so every we we've talked about what's going on in Marvel. Um, with Captain America being a Hydra agent, you know, the infamous Hail Hydra panel. And, uh, there's been some developments in regards to that recently. Um, some more information came out that, uh, apparent, okay, so my favorite bit of explanation here for what's going on with it is, uh, that in the continuity right now, World War II was not actually won by the Allies. It was actually won by the Axis powers. And that somebody used reality-altering powers to change reality so that the Allies had won. And that Captain America was actually always a Hydra agent, was involved from the beginning, and so on and so forth. And so basically they, in that Basically, it was a subversion of what was really supposed to happen. Is the continuity that we're all we all know and love and are familiar with, you know, where Captain America is a champion of freedom and blah blah blah. Now, I'm not going to get into any more details about this because I'm not reading it currently, and I don't want to be one of those guys. I found that really interesting, um, and I actually think that that the 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 plot elements there are actually pretty interesting. You know what I mean, like. That was kind of a creative take on it. I just think it's the character that it's all attached to is their big mistake here. Um, but there's been some drama. Uh, the writer, Spencer, has been getting a ton of crap. Uh, he recently, I'm paraphrasing a bit here, but he recently made some comments that it was like, you know, you guys are kind of coming after me, but I'm going to be honest with you. This is something Marvel wanted. Like, Marvel is really pushing this whole idea. They really want this to happen. And so Marvel recently made some comments here about Secret Empire. And uh, they basically said, you know, we understand... They basically acknowledged all the controversy. They're like, we understand that there's a lot of passion about this whole situation. And that um, we, we want everybody to know that we hear you. And, and we hear your concerns, but we ask that you, you know, give the, the comic event some chance to play out and see how it all unfolds. And there's further controversy in that regard and that people are just kind of like, no, 
<laughs> we don't care, you know? Uh, I, and so, uh, go ahead, Chris. I, I think a good portion of that that backlash, though, is just the event fatigue with Marvel. Yes. And, and I don't want to, and again, we've talked about this in the past, we say event fatigue with Marvel because Marvel has been the worst at it lately. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, just in the last 10 years, DC has been every bit as bad as Marvel has with the crossover events and the reboots and things of that nature. But DC has kind of slowed it down a little bit where Marvel just, I mean, full throttle still. It, it doesn't seem like they're slowing anything down with the exception of what's coming in the next year. And they're saying you know, um, and that's a whole entirely different issue. I think... Um, if I can jump in there, I yep. think the big issue, the big difference between the two is DC hasn't had its legs for a few years. You know what I mean? They've been kind of scrambling to find the version of the continuity that's going to please their fans. And, you know, so they've tried a couple of reboots, especially in the last decade, and they keep kind of screwing it up. And I, part of that is like, nobody really knows what's going to resonate with people. I don't think that when Marvel originally planned Civil War, that they knew how successful that would be. They they put a lot of time and effort into it. You know what I mean? That was a huge endeavor. And it, it was a, it's a masterpiece. It really is. I mean, I think it's probably, that'll probably go down in history as possibly the greatest arc, like, you know, setting-wide arc in comic history. I don't know if anybody will ever be able to really take that that trophy away from them. That's not to say that there aren't better individual stories contained within a book, you know what I mean, or a run or something like that. But as a whole, where you take a whole world and do this across all of your books and have it impact every storyline in your world, basically, it was a huge accomplishment, and that should be praised. Well, and uh, I think I think in retrospect, sorry, Paul, uh, I, I think in retrospect, Secret Empire, honestly, I read issue zero, and I've been reading a lot of different comments and watching a lot of different stuff on YouTube and other reviewers, and some of the problems that they have with it, I think... Once they get to the final chapter and they can look back on it, I think it's going to get more credit on the back end than it is getting right now. And that's entirely possible. I just think that um, to tie this back into the story about what's going on with Secret Empire and everything, and what they're saying is let the story unfold. We kind of talked about this a little bit before the show started, and it's it's and Chris, your point was it's selling, and I, I get that. That's that's mm-hmm. somewhat of a fair point. That's kind of what they're saying too. But people are, are wanting to see. I think it's selling because everybody's going, okay, now they're going to fix it. Nope. Okay, now they're going to fix it. Nope. Okay, because the the audience across the board, we here at Breaking the Panel, the three of us have such a wide reaching range of friends and acquaintances and people to talk to that are in the geek world that are into comics. Not a well. I, I don't want to speak out of turn for you guys, but you haven't reported it. If you've heard this, someone say not a single one of us have heard. Oh, this is a great storyline. I can't wait to see. Oh yeah, keep them Hydra, keep them evil. Oh, this is no. Everybody's going. No, this is crap. Stop it. Stop it. Stop. And, and Marvel's like, no, no, but but we'll get no no means no. Well, <laughs> all right. First of all, the problem with that argument is then. If you want it to change, if if you're if you're saying that they're buying it because they're hoping that the change, I don't know. Happen, I'm guessing. Then, I'm guessing. Yeah. Then they're they're doing it wrong because yeah. you speak with your dollars and you don't continue to buy. I would I would agree. But I will say it's great. I was I was on board with this change from the beginning. I know Travis was was one of the one of those that was pretty irked by it. But uh, irked okay. is not the word. 
Yeah. Here's the thing, though. So with with M- Secret Empire number zero, and you see this like in the first two pages of the issue, this this second where they're talking about reality being rewritten by the Allies, and they use the Cosmic Cube. And I'm gonna go ahead, I, whatever I spoil, I spoil because this issue one just dropped, and there's been plenty of ta- chatter on the internet. Yeah. So there's your warning of any spoilers. Turn it um, off if you don't want to hear it. But really, what I think that is is I think it's, I th- I think it's a failsafe for Hydra. I, I don't think that reality was that Hydra had won and that, or that the, the allies had gone and used the Cosmic Cube to rewrite reality. I think this is just Hydra putting another layer inside of Cap inside of Cap's head so that if somehow somebody is able to reverse it and say, oh, Cap, look, Hydra reprogrammed your brain, then he's always going to have that other underlying, that second layer of, wait, Hydra told me that they did this. So it's 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 a failsafe for Hydra is what it is. It's just a second layer because the first layer was Cubic uh, going back and rewriting his history, and then there's the second bite at the apple saying, "Hey, not only was your history rewritten, or your history wasn't rewritten. This is the way it always was. But the Allies actually lost, and they went back and rewrote it. And what they're saying is that the that they rewrote it to the point where Captain America that we've always known since the 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 forties is is the rewrite." Um, and, and I think it's just giving them a fail safe, but the story is really good and what everybody needs to understand. And I know there was another article that talked about it's, it's Cap's heart and his integrity. That's going to, that's going to win this, not his muscles and not his strength, but you're really looking at the best qualities of Captain America. Um, and go with me on this for a second. First of all, his, his tactics, you know, you know how we always complain about the the supervillain that just never gets. He has this grand master plan, and it and it always falls through um, because there's some little thing he didn't do, or his his ego got in the way. Not in the not in this case with Cap. Like this issue zero, issue zero issues are supposed to be uh, basically a recap, saying, "Hey, this is how we got to where we are." Issue zero laid out none of that. It just hit the ground running, and it's and it showed Cap just winning his winning strategy for eliminating heroes, taking all of the A-level heroes. Like, Batman could not have done this better. Shut your mouth. I promise you, get get issue zero and read this thing. Um, the uh, the way he did this, it was so masterful and it's so simple. And there, there's, there's certain parallels that can be read into for current politics that Marvel's kind of saying, no, no, this isn't what we were saying. But there are different, definite allegories to giving too much power to individuals. And that's the main takeaway. I think a lot of people are trying to say, oh, well, you're doing it because of this current uh, presidential climate. And, and I don't think it was I don't think the specificity is there with 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 this administration. I think it's just the idea of ceding too much power to an individual or an individual or, or a group of people um, in, in the sake of security or for the sake of security. But the uh, you also have to look at Cap um, from his perspective. He's not evil. And that's the other thing that everybody well, has to understand. Like we're, we're, we're talking about evil and supervillains. And from Cap's perspective, he is not well, and that, that's fair enough. Cause the most of the higher up Nazis did not consider themselves evil; they considered themselves doing what they thought was the right thing. Right, exactly. And and you know, and this and the other part of it too is Marvel in the last few years has really been trying to separate Hydra from the Nazis, um, saying that the part you know the, the Red Skull and the part that followed the Nazis that was just it, let's say they were the, they were the Sith of Hydra and they were just trying to to make a great you know a quick power grab and it failed and it will continue to fail because they're they're focused on the wrong things. Um, Hydra is not about hatred and blah 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 blah. Um, it's about power. 
and 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 order. So um, that's that's what they're really trying to align it with. And you see that in issues leading up to it, where Cap kills the Red Skull. He's like, yeah, okay, so now I'm done pretending like I'm following you. You're dead, and I'm going to take over as the head of Hydra. So it, it's it's all masterful strokes, and like you don't. Seriously, go get issue zero. Um, now, my big complaint about it is again the Marvel price tag. It's it's four ninety nine an issue plus whatever you know the other four ninety nine issues that are all parts of it. It's it's a pricey endeavor. So unless you want to wait the six months for it to come out on Marvel Unlimited, but this is too good. I just picked up issue one today. Um, I, I I still have to read it, but I I'm totally in on this story. I want to see where it goes. Uh. That sounds great and all, but now let me tell you about why you're wrong. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, my issue with all of this, I well, let me say this: I definitely think the general public has no idea what you just described. Like most people ha- have no idea what is actually going on in the story, like you're talking about. You know what I mean? Because people aren't staying current; they're just reading headlines and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but my issue is. There are some ter- there's some territory that you've got to be really careful with, and cap, and fascism, happens to be one of the big ones. You know what I mean? And this is a really awkward time, particularly in America, in what's going on in our government and our politics, but also all across the world because, you know, our situation here in this country isn't isolated. There are other nations right now that are facing you know, similar situations where, you know, there's questions between fascism versus, democ- you know, true democracy, self-determination, all that kind of stuff. Um, so this this issue is really close to the chest for a lot of people, you know what I mean? Like, it's a real heated topic. And Cap, up until this event, has always, and I do mean always, been someone that we as Americans could look at and say, no matter what's going on in this country, that's a guy that I can have some faith in. You know, and he mean? represented the best of what America should be. Right. But, but, but that's, that's the thing. You guys are looking at this from the wrong perspective. I understand what you're saying a hundred percent, Paul, but now right. his, that's not but, his, that's not his life of you now. Like that's not how he was raised. He wasn't raised on mom and baseball and apple pie. That, that wasn't it. So now it's right. all of those best qualities that you love about Captain America, but his belief structure has been changed. Mm-hmm. So everything that you love about Captain America, he's just doing it for the other team. It's like when your favorite player goes to a different a different team and, okay. and you still do everything that you love, but they're doing it under different colors. It doesn't – it's I'm not getting away from the core. You. It's not getting away from the core of the character. I'm going to remind you of your issues with the DC films – Superman right now? Right. Uh-huh. Oh. In that when hmm. you when you change that origin, you know, when you change the circumstances that inform that character, uh-huh. You 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 mar it for the people who are really connected to it. So like Here's here's the difference between these situations though. Is they're telling you this is Captain America different. They're not trying to sell you Captain America as the same old Captain America that it's always been. Like they try to tell me with Superman. This is this is Superman. Right. My Superman's not an emo guy. 
Mm-hmm. And, and, no, I, and I, I shouldn't I, say I my feel... student. So these are two. It, it's I, I understand what you're saying that the comparison because it, I'm a fanboy that has a problem with changes that are made to Superman. But these are changes at core to the character. And where what I'm saying is the core character of Captain America is still there. He's just playing for a different team. He's but not. There, but like, that's that's my thing is that Captain America is not just about who Steve Rogers is. But it is. But it's not. How is it's it not? For, for a lot of people, it's the symbol of what Captain America represents, not Steve himself. If you follow me at all, it, this is is complicated, you know, and it, it's right. impassioned, and I want to acknowledge all of that. Right. Now, I, I'm going to move on from this because we could go back and forth about this all day, and we'll probably do so after the show. Well, to sorry point, for wait, folks wait, wait. at home, but to your point, though, Cap dies. And others take up the mantle of Captain America. Right. For a while. Bucky was the first, and I think there are some others. Uh, so that's, to your point, Captain America wasn't just Steve Rogers' upbringing. It was the cowl and the shield and the values. And, and Chris, I, I honestly, you have a point, Chris. I understand what you're saying. I get that you like the story, and I'm glad. But even as with your passion and you're describing it, I find myself going, I don't care. It doesn't, nothing about the story grabs me. But then you guys, you guys are, you guys are saying one thing, but you're trying to have it both ways. Because if it's more than Captain, if, if Captain America is more than Steve Rogers, you've got your American star spangled Captain America in the Falcon. You have it in Sam Wilson because he's actually Captain America. This is, this is Steve Rod, this is Steve Rogers, colon, Captain America. I'd, right? I'd be so, interested so, to hear what some more and, people on your side say about and it. And he took care of that already. He sowed doubt inside of Sam Wilson, and Sam Wilson gave up the man. Like, these master strokes that they've been working over there. Because because Cap knew that if he left a symbol for people to rally behind, like Captain America, meaning what that symbol does to America's Americans, that he would never be able to infiltrate and get the game, kind of control that he needs. So he took Sam off the board. Right. But, okay, so we're going to get beyond just comic fandom here for a second. Do you understand how people would be upset that the greatest quote-unquote American hero would be revealed to be a fascist? And well, how... the greatest American hero had a perm, and that was in the 70s. So. No, no, no. But, uh, would, just... <laughs> no, I, I absolutely... Hold I, on no, a second. I... This is really yeah. important. Don't derail. Okay. Because what we face right now as a culture, people have very little faith. And this is across the board. It doesn't matter if you're left, right, in the middle, whatever. Americans and probably people at large have a very little faith in government right now, in, in, in our representatives. We have very little trust, like historically low levels of trust and faith in our government and our politicians and what, you know, what people represent. And, you know... What this storyline is doing is confirming those fears, in a way, and it's it's you know and it's now as an intellectual and a student of history and all that stuff, I I understand it and I'm with you. I can geek out over it, but what people are responding to is a very you know it's a deep down, you know, almost like primitive response to the fact that you're pulling out the rug from them completely. It like. Steve Rogers as Captain America has had a complicated story, especially in recent years. It, but it's 
it's always been relatable and it's always been something people could put their faith in. But now what there's what this storyline is almost doing is making an argument that fascism works or at least fascism is okay. No, it's and not. Where, where is it making that argument? At no point is anybody accepting of, the, of of Cap as no no one in America in the comics no one in America is has seen Captain America for what he is and says hey you know what you're right fascism does work that that has not happened this that's, is all behind this no, but that's then, not no that's not true because people that is public, true in no hold on hold on in the comics <laughs> public opinion is starting to sway to think that Hydra might be okay. It might be right because they're seeing Hydra's. I've I read an article. I didn't read this for myself, but they point out that the general public is starting to come around to the idea that maybe Hydra's not super evil bad guys because they're getting their wins. They're getting wins. They're getting successes, and people are seeing stability because that's the whole thing about fascism. Is it's like fascism is a dirty word, but ultimately it's like well we want absolute power so that we can you know, instill absolute order and the, it's chaos. the empire. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's but, something that people are very much object to ideologically in this country. You know what I mean? <laughs> For right or wrong. And that's kind of the point I'm making. Well, here, but, that, but, but see, and that's where the, I think the allegory is apt because, you know, um, what, 17 years, 16 years ago, there were certain votes that happened that would belay that. I mean, the Patriot right, Act, uh, this is so, and this is, this is how cap, amasses so much powers there's a thing called the shield act where he sets up with the president and congress and they pass an act that says if at any point that the united the government of the united states is is in such a disarray that they can't act or that they're unable to they're unable to act that they will cede all security all all control of the military and security and well-being of the country to shield and the director of Mm -hmm. and then he positions himself as the director of shield because who doesn't trust captain america who wouldn't right. of of anybody that's going to lay down the sword at the end of this battle? Wouldn't it be Steve Rogers? And again, right. it's it's all and about I'm, the tactics I'm, that I'm go into you this. On all of that. Um, I, but I, they I, should. I haven't you, transitioned to my real point here as to why okay, I'm so not down with do all that. of this because okay, do we're going in circles here and we're getting intense. My issue is that in the middle of all of this, this was all made possible through reality altering powers. That's my beef. If this all happened organically through the story, like this is something that had been built up for, you know, years and things that were happening in the stories, I would be more down with it. Because that was the thing about Civil War. Civil War dealt with very real issues. It brought in, you know, know, safety and security versus liberty, right? That was a, a core element of that story. And, you know, Civil War originally hitting in 2006 comes five comes five years on the heel of 9/11 you know what I mean very relevant to people it was it was even before we really started to embrace what the modern reality of the post 9/11 age looks like and what we have to sacrifice in the way of privacy and liberty and all that kind of stuff for the interest of security it was real and and so I'm, I'm with you and I get all that but my problem is that the story is enabled by reality altering powers and those reality altering powers throw like for me it's just like my issue with a lot of time travel and stuff like that and other reality altering powers that exist in other properties is that you take all of the legitimacy out of it for me when things can be wand waved and fixed or things can be altered so drastically 
at a moment's notice. There's no authenticity in those moments for me, I guess, is what I'm saying. So what you're saying is you can't trust. What, what I hear Klaus saying is he can't trust. He can't get into the story because it could just be changed like that. Because, oh, we're going to alter the reality with this mutant or this stone or this thing. Yeah, absolutely. Everything I, you bought into is gone. Right. And I absolutely understand that. And I agree with it. But that is the nature of comics. So, but but for me, but uh, the, the issue with this story, as the the general public is saying it, since that's what we want to talk about as the general public, is and and this is where Marvel is absolutely correct in saying wait and see what happens because this is this is getting your brownie batter out, mixing it up, and you got this recipe, and the book tells you, oh, this recipe is wonderful, best brownies you've ever had, and you put it in the oven, it's supposed to bake for thirty minutes, five minutes you take it out, and you're like, eh, it's all gooey. Well, yeah, you didn't wait for it to finish baking. That's but what happens. Gooey brownies are still good. And, and this is good well, so far. The, the goo is good. Some some people are arguing that that brownie batter wasn't made with chocolate. It was made with poop. Uh. <laughs> and, and these are people that are, are reading headlines and not a comic. Uh, but Touché? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, that's, I don't know. I, we'll see how it all ends. I, I, we'll see how it all wraps up in the end. I think a lot of people like myself are in the camp of like, it's kind of it's like we've talked about recently with characters that die the death of wolverine four issues i'm glad i didn't pay for them because i'd be yeah. pissed you know what no, i mean those yeah it was, yeah, it was just poor those those were four issues with a couple of cool moments and then just ended in the cheesiest dumbest end result possible and i knew in that moment i said it on this show he'll be back he'll be back within a year or two and here we are uh, you know, on the cusp of him returning. And it, arguably because of Secret Wars, he never really left because there's versions of him throughout reality. You know what I mean? So he never really left the narrative at all. And that's the issue, right? People are tired of that shit. They're tired of this. We're going to stir everything up. It, it's 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 really, the, it's a crap stirring. You know what I mean? We're going to stir everything up. We're going to get everybody riled up. And th- it does generate all these clickbaity headlines. It really does. And Marvel is eating that up. That's the, the that's the issue. They're like, oh, ho, ho, you know? And it's like, I don't know. I guess, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know how to, like, boost comic sales. And stop having to do stuff like this all the time. This drastic, like, let's quote-unquote shake everything up. You won't believe what happens when blah, 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 all the time. Because it's like... Well, but then I guess I want to know, where do, where do you draw the line? Because... I don't know. That's actually, that's a real answer. Because I have, I have all this... I have crossover fatigue, right? Uh-huh. I have reality slash time travel fatigue. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And I have like drama fatigue like over dramatized fatigue well, no i get it I, I mean specifically specifically dealing with with characters coming back so where is the line that you draw because honestly if you if you want to go back and start blaming people blame ed brubaker for being so mother effing successful with bucky coming back as winter soldier and then blame the comic fandom for eating it up because that showed marvel oh shit like one of the golden well, standard rules in comic books, one character that will never come back. We we broke it, and it's a a gold room. It's a gold mine. Well, I I think one of the other issues though is like, it's one thing to break the mold once in a while. It's another thing to try to break the mold with every pressing. You know what I mean? And and that's my issue. Is it's like when when you like well, it, Civil War Two is a good example. Flop. 
I've heard nobody praise that storyline. Not a single person. And anybody I've talked to about it, I was like, oh, how'd you like Civil War 2? Everybody who's reading those books currently dropped them that I know. You know what I mean? At least until the end of it. They caught up, but they weren't buying them, you know, week to week, month to month, like they had originally been. So that's an example of like, they tried to replicate the success that they had with the previous event, but the previous event was successful because it was so unique at its time. It was like, you're pitting hero against hero. You're, you're having some of the villains come out looking like heroes because they're presenting, you know, they're taking stances of presenting ideas that are like, you know, you can identify with that. That was an incredible crossover event. And they keep trying to replicate that success and the sales success that was tied to it. And I respect that. But at the same time, they're not arriving at it organically like they did with that. You know what I mean? Like that was a, a, a new idea, something that hadn't really be, been done on that scale, hadn't really been done with those serious, you know, so long-term consequences. You're saying if you come up with some original content, we might sell some comic books. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's got to stop being... It's got to well, stop... <laughs> as long as it's not one of 50 titles every month, because you're, you're well, going to yeah. oversaturate your sales, and then you're Sat- just not going to... Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing, too, is saturation is a thing. Like, these comic companies keep going wide, and just more spin-off books and split... You know, like, stop that. Like, calm the F down. Why don't we focus on getting your core sto- your core books with your core strong characters really rock solid? Pepper in those side characters that you're interested in promoting and building stories with. Bring them into the other stories one way or another. I mean, Deadpool became what Deadpool is today, not because he came out and had a Deadpool book from day one. He was in other books for a while, and people really liked him. He was actually he was used kind of sparingly initially. You know what I mean? Right. And that's what worked for him. And that's what built him up into Because when he showed up, you were like, yeah, he's here. F yeah. Yeah. Jimmy Chunkus. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, it's just like, that was what was really cool about it. And now it's just like, when when they get the slightest whiff that people like something, they're like, it's, let's put it everywhere. Gotta make that money. Yeah. Yeah. Sriracha. Ooh. One person likes Sriracha on their hamburger. Sriracha freaking at every fast food place ever. You know, I was like, yeah, no, nah, I get that. We could go on for a while, but Chris, <laughs> I'm honestly, Chris, I'm glad you like it. I'm glad you no, have I'm, the I'm voice actually, yeah, yeah, I'm Chris, I'm glad you brought up what you did and point it because it, it does challenge the just the hive mind of like, oh, this is absolutely bad. But my ultimate point to wrap this up from, from my perspective is what I think people are really fatigued on more than anything else is what they feel like is Marvel desperately grabs Bing for dollars. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Not, yeah. not trying to come from an artistic perspective of telling great stories. There are a litany of charges that you can level at Marvel Comics in the last few years, and I will agree with every one of them. I just feel like this story actually has legs, and I want my main point of this is to read it. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. now, just, at, at the very least go out everybody that's listening to this I don't care if you agree with me I don't care if you disagree with me you know hit us back on on Facebook an email or whatever come rail at me as long as you've read a book like I want you to go read issue number zero and if you're not like this is this is what I always wanted to see you know so let's look at the Justice League we know that Batman has has a way to shut down everybody in the Justice League right right <laughs> But we never see it like him becoming the villain. It's always in response to, well, if they go bad, I'm going to have to stop them. 
you know, we saw it a little bit in the OMAC stuff, um, but that wasn't Batman doing it. It was just his. It was just his plans doing it. But this is this is what would happen if Batman went bad. You take you take the the greatest strategic mind of a universe and you make them. And I again, I don't want to say bad because that's not what it is. It's it's counter to the the you put them on the other side on the other side of the on the other side of the chessboard exactly. And you, you it's it's amazing. It's amazing because you get to see these this fruition. So just read it, please. Just read it. Don't read I'll the headlines you, about it. Read the book. I'll give you this: the storyline's strong enough that we're still talking about it yeah. months later. Mm-hmm. Well, I do have a follow-up question here, too, before, before we transition to the end of the show here. Um, do you feel like this event might have gone over a little bit better if, one, we didn't just come off Secret Wars and Civil War Two, and both of those being kind of mixed? Well, Civil War Two being a flop, Secret Wars being mixed for well, a lot of it's, people. That's the thing, though. It's it's not just coming off of Secret Wars and Civil War Two. It's coming off of Death of X. It's on the heels of Resurrection. Right. I mean, it's it's all of this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. There's just too many events. Whether they're mini events or major events, or you know, they're just dealing with the space heroes or the Earthbound heroes. All of that stuff. I don't mind the peppering and having people guest in books, but these events have got to stop. I think this would have done better. If it didn't have all of that, if it wasn't, yeah, 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 you know, uh, well, the other thing too being like, what also, what if this had been done a year ago before the current, you know, the recent election cycle and the results of it and all of that? Because I wonder if this hit last fall, if people would have responded the same way, you know what I mean? Or maybe two years ago would be more apt because that would have put it well outside the election cycle. We wouldn't, right? Because two years ago, we didn't know who was going to be in the running, you know what I mean? We were just right. starting to theorize. So, because I'm not trying to call out and say that all of this is directly tied to that stuff, but it's a part of it. Like, people are really on edge, more so than usual, I would say. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and I think that that's, if, if nothing, if nothing else can be said about this story, the, the passion that's coming out from the fandom in either direction, and whether, mm-hmm. you know, whether, whether it's, it's misplaced or not, and I say misplaced for, people that haven't actually read it like i don't care again i don't care if you agree with me or disagree but make sure you've read the material form your form your opinion don't form the youtube videos opinion don't form my opinion form your opinion um you can use you can use other outside sources to help inform you but or or maybe articulate what you're thinking but at the end of the day you guys need to go out you guys need to make your opinions based on this material and and just the passion of this stuff is what's what's really what's really got me because you can tell that Nick Spencer and Marvel, like they're hitting some notes, and and I understand what you're saying, Paul. Is like this is not the right notes to be hitting, especially at this time. But they're getting reaction, and sometimes that's to to open the dialogue or whatever conversations may come. That's what you have to do, mm-hmm. is have those passions heard. And right now they're getting heard. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, you know what? You guys mentioned a whole lot of stuff. Like Facebook is Facebook.com forward slash breaking the panel twitter is at panel breakers mail is btp at giant size team up.com b is in breaking t is in the p is in panel at giant size team up.com if you go to giant size team up.com forward slash breaking the panel there is a speak pipe tab you can have your voice on the show and as earlier we read go to itunes rate the show share it that kind of things and you know what tune in next week just to hear all of us be on the guardians of the galaxy panel gushing over the awesome sauce that was the movie because you know it's going to be 100 percent great no negatives at all i'm sure right you know that's how that flies 
<laughs> but we're going to be watching that this weekend. Everybody get out. Uh, as you listen to the show, it drops on the weekend. I hope you've gotten out and seen the film. And next week will be the big Guardians panel. Be the Guardians panel. And we hope you join us then. Breaking the Panel is the flagship podcast on the Giant Size Team Up Network. You can support the show at patreon.com slash breaking the panel, and you'll find more of our amazing podcasts at giantsizeteamup.com. <laughs>